What's up, everyone? And welcome to episode two of season two of Group Chat Roulette, a new podcast where three childhood best friends decided to bring their group chats to life. I'm Steve. I'm Ryan. I'm Eric. As he takes down a little glass of wine. Welcome, boys. Welcome. What a boring ass week for me. I don't know if it's been boring for you, but literally just work and nothing. Like, I, I haven't even had the passion to put on like a television show this week. I don't, maybe I'm just depressed from COVID and winter. And literally, the only thing that is driving me right now is for a text from Ryan at 11.05 p.m. on Friday night saying that we won the Mega Millions. So will that come true? I, I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> I mean, this has why have we not run. won yet? Well, we played so many times in a row years ago, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. When, that, when it was huge. And it was so exciting back then. And I feel like I'm very uh, like, God damn it. Now I have to just spend this money that I know I'm not getting back. Like, I don't even want one Powerball. I don't want right. four numbers. I want the fucking jackpot. And because it's then it's a chore. It's like you got this thing hanging over your head. Oh, my God. Go somewhere and cash this thing in for what? Two dollars. Like, yeah. So stupid. Why? Um, yeah, I think the, the fun part when you like back then, when you're talking about, and even now, like the few times we played this week is like checking the next morning. Okay. No one won. It just went up a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars, $50 million. And you're like, oh my God, like we weren't supposed to win last night. We're supposed to win tomorrow night. This was the plan all along. But Ryan, that's how I felt back then. I, I, oh, I got so excited. I would daydream. And now maybe it's because I am busy. So I'm not having a boring week. I'm having like a busy week and I got something due tomorrow. So maybe it's like I work and then like I do my two hours of maybe TV at night and then it's sleep. And it's like, I have no time to daydream about what the heck I'm going to do with millions. Well, maybe that's, that's what I, I meant to maybe not a boring week, but I'm just, I'm going, No, with you're not folks. busy. You're not too busy. <laughs> I am a tax accountant in case everyone didn't listen to season one. So this is, this is <laughs> are we in seasons now? What is this season yeah, one, season two? We, we started it with 2021, you know, <laughs> this was the start of season two. I guess I didn't get that memo. <laughs> there was a memo. I passed it around. Um, <laughs> Ryan literally included it in the memo. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the thing that keeps me coming back is I always think about the fact that every single line has the same probability of winning for every single person who's buying a ticket. Everyone has the same chance. There's no advantage. I mean, other than like buying more lines, Mm -hmm. every line has the same chance, no matter what, no matter if two people bought tickets or a hundred million people bought tickets, there's still the same chance that I'm going to win. And so that's what brings me back. It's that daydreaming of what we're going to do with the money. And you know what? It's, it's 10 And it's the group. It's the group too. It's like fun to know, wait, we're all going to win. What are we all going to do with this money? And And then I, and then I think negatively, like, 
who's going to turn on who first? <laughs> who's going to lose it and say, I deserved one more percent of your cut? <laughs> and inevitably, we would probably all stop being friends. So. No, no. Because <laughs> the reason I always want everyone involved is because I don't want to do because clearly I would have to give some to all of my friends or else it would just be weird that I'm sitting on $500 million of cash and you're <laughs> on your, you know, 60 to $70,000 salary. I feel bad for you, bro. But, <laughs> but where's the line? Where's the line? Well, I think the line is obviously if we're all included. So now our friends have it. Some of the outside friends don't have it. Mm-hmm. So maybe before we start divvying it out, we just say, okay, Here's 5 million bucks for close friends that we'll probably hang out with, you know, that way. I I can only think of one who wasn't in that text group. Well, is is Adam technically out of that text group? Well, he's in the text group, but he never responds. And I think he just likes to like, see, like, cause I said in the beginning, leave it if, if you're not interested. Right but he didn't and he hasn't bought a ticket. I don't know that he ever has bought a ticket. So obviously Adam will, will make his wildest dreams come true. He'll get plenty of millions. That son of a bitch knows he's getting a couple million, no matter what. And he's not losing his $10 every week. He's, he's playing chess while we're playing checkers. Seriously. But But let me tell you a quick story about, um, (laughs) <laughs> what happened because the other day when this all started i offered to buy us all you know whoever responded i was going to wawa let me just pick up some tickets you can then mm-hmm. me so i don't know if it's the same in new jersey but in like wawa for example there's this big um machine that you go to to get the tickets is that how it is eric mm, i don't usually go to wawa i usually go to 7-eleven i like dealing with the cashier okay <laughs> it's like that at sheets too yeah, I there's this weird thing. I don't about, care like, about sheets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there's this weird thing about like some places. Like I could buy it at Seven Eleven, but I feel like I would need cash. With this, do you need cash when you buy it, or can you use a debit card? You actually can use like a, a debit, or I think you can actually use a credit card, which doesn't sound right now that I'm thinking about it. Because I'm pretty sure you need cash to buy a lot of tickets. So ignore everything yeah. I'm saying. Go. So anyway, I can use a debit card on this machine, but it's it's very modern all LCD display type thing, touchscreen. Yep. And I knew going in, like I needed to buy $50 worth of mega million. So I, I set it all up. It gets $50 from my card, but it's just this weird selection menu where it didn't let me hit $50 worth of tickets. It let me hit up to $30, up to $20 worth of tickets. Mm. So I had to hit a 10 I had to hit a 20 and I had to hit a 20. So I do all that and I'm still just a little bit hesitant. Like, did I do this correctly? But there's zeros left. I know I only hit mega million. So I get my tickets and I start to walk through Wawa and I'm looking at them and I'm just like, I have two tickets in my hands and I'm like, I only see $30 worth of tickets, like lines here. And I'm just racking my brain. Like, did I mess up? Now there's another guy at the machine now. And there's a guy behind him. And I'm just standing like maybe 10 feet away, staring at my tickets, thinking like, what do I do right now? Did the prices go up? Did I hit something wrong? I know that $50 was loaded in. And I'm just sitting there like, I can't go to the machine because the guy's there. 
COVID. Like I can't even walk up to him and be like, so yeah. I'm just standing there. I, I truly have no idea what to do in this moment. And I thought to myself, well, what I'm going to have to do is get back in line, put in another $20, spend $70 and get $50 worth of lines. Cause $20 worth of lines just disappeared. <laughs> but then the guy goes down to get his tickets and he comes up with two and I can tell he's a little bit confused. And then he like looks around and I'm like, do you have $20 worth of tickets? And he's like, yeah, yeah here. And I'm like, oh, thank you. God. Virginia is for lovers. What a nice guy. I would have been like, nah, this is mine, boss. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw he had only spent $2. So he bought one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Oh, thank God. And I said to him, I'm like, thank you so much. I was so confused why I didn't have 20 extra dollars worth of tickets. Anyway, it all worked out. I got back in the car thinking like, man, if anyway, I, it was just, it was a bad situation. I was very nervous. All worked a lot out. Of math. And a lot of math. we didn't win a dime. So there you go. One, I really think we're going to win on Friday. But yeah. when we do win, a question that I've always posed is, at what point do you quit your job? Like, and, and the reason that came about specifically, obviously lottery, I, I always just think about that. And I think like, Eric, you have a deadline this Friday. So like, would you, no one would quit their job the next second, unless you truly hate everyone you work with and your employer. Like, are you telling me you would not like, I mean, we're all working from home, so it's a little bit different. But you would just be like, yep, I'm out. I'm not looking at another email. Well, not not no one. I think our group of friends have careers. So they don't, you know, it's, I like the people I work with. And I'll, I, I don't think I would give a full two weeks. But I would say like, hey, uh, you know, I'm leaving Friday. And would you tell them why? Yeah, I would not. I would tell them what they're going to know anyway. It's public. Who cares? Not if you set up a trust. Yeah. Come on. I've talked you through this. We're setting up a trust. You know, no one oh, it's know that we're private. Rich. Yeah. You can- I mean, certain states, I believe New Jersey and, and Virginia allow only certain states. Like you have to be public. So hmm. we can definitely get away with that. But um, yeah, I've thought about it a bunch too. I guess if I was still working at Panera Bread, yeah, that's when I'd just drop my apron and be like, fuck y'all. Well, of bitches. course. <laughs> well, it, that's what I meant when I said career. Yes. Like, but, no, but no one still, has an hourly yeah. wage. I would not, I would first wait to the end of the night, take home a bunch of free bread, yeah. <laughs> and I would quit. God damn. Oh, wait. So much bread was left over. Panera night. Bread, man. Like, that could be an episode on itself. God, like, story what? We need to dive into Panera Bread. Maybe next week. Dedicated Panera Bread. I'm actually going to get it tomorrow. Really? Our work is giving free uh, a holiday lunch or New Year's lunch. So they gave us Uber Eats credits. And I'm oh, like, okay. That's really nice. Um, what, <laughs> just because we're talking about it, what are your opinions of Panera Bread at this point? Like, I do think lies. it's lack, a little bit lackluster last couple times I've gone, but I still appreciate the flavors. Like, I feel like Frontega has not gone out of style. One of the best paninis, traditional. And like a good bowl of broccoli cheddar is always pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think like some of the newer stuff, I do think they're skimpy sometimes. Like we used to just shove some shit on that plate and like give it yeah. all. 
Well, I mean, you were at the register. Steve and I would shove a bunch of <laughs> Coming up, Steve, add more lettuce. <laughs> Steve, what do you, would you ever, you're hungry, you got a Panera near you, you have other options. Yeah, I want Panera for lunch. Would, would that ever happen? The thought of Panera in my head is always much better than when I actually get there. And I'm always like looking at the menu and I'm, I guess I'm just thinking about the things that I've always enjoyed, which is exactly what Eric said. Frantega, broccoli cheddar soup, you know, maybe a t- uh, bacon turkey bravo. When you look at the rest of the menu, there's not really, at least to me, like super appetizing things. You know, the salads aren't the best and some like most of the soups are like super heavy. So at the end of the day, like I end up leaving and then I get the smell of Panera. We all know what the smell of Panera is, especially as three veterans working at Panera. And it kind of, you know, sometimes with the chips too, you get the chips stuck in your teeth. And I leave there usually not as happy as I entered. I was more excited and I wasn't as satisfied. So there's definitely times where I'm like once once every two months, I would say, because it is literally right down the street because I literally live in, you know, Uh, chain restaurants and chain, uh, you know, places like that to eat uh, central over here in uh, east of Pittsburgh. But it is it's 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 just it doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would ever pick Panera. I mean, there's just so many other options and, and Sarah doesn't like Panera. And like when you even talk about it, I'm like, yeah, broccoli cheddar soup you know, a nice whole grain baguette on the side and uh, some of the sandwiches I've always, you know, found that I like, but I just, yeah. And that smell when you walk in, mm-hmm. I mean, how many years did we walk into that smell three, four or five times a week and just sit in it and, and bathe our clothes in it? My skin, hours. it was on your skin. Yeah, you would leave with a film on your skin that I just, no. I will say I would go to Panera like Mal and I have done this when we've like traveled back and forth and like say we're leaving super early. It's a nice like 8 a.m. spot because their coffee is good and you can get like a nice little snack from the bakery. Eric knows about the bakery much more than you and I, Ryan, because we work the line, whereas Eric was up up at the cash registers with the rest of the girls. But um, so it was that's That's a a good time to go. That's a great point. Again. I don't think I've ever gone to Panera for breakfast in the past five years, but breakfast might be a whole different thing where like, actually their breakfast might not be bad. Their pastries were always good. I wanted to tell a quick story about uh, my night after we last recorded. Um, I think, you know, as, as stories about kids go, this one's pretty um, entertaining now being able to look back at it and you know just given that we got a preview too (laughs) yeah yeah and and given that eric will soon be a father you know you gotta take with the you gotta take the good with the bad this is good too because i keep reminding dana of all the good like wow the time we're gonna have off in the beginning like just holding our baby and i'm not even thinking about the bad of sleeplessness well yeah you shouldn't because the good far outweighs the bad, but so we finished at probably 10 30 ish. I'm just going to say that. And, um, and 
I came upstairs and Sarah and I think watched a show and, um, and then she went to bed and I just wasn't tired. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to edit the podcast right now. I feel pretty awake. I can throw on some mindless TV and just spend an hour, hour and a half editing the podcast. So I'm doing that. I come back downstairs. I'm doing it in front of the TV. I I get through it all. It's now just of one o'clock in the morning. And I go upstairs with my laptop to do the final publishing where it like pushes out to all the different podcast sites. Literally, I am on the last step about to finish, close my laptop, go to bed. And I hear movement down the hallway. And I'm like, either that's going to be Sarah coming out of the room telling me like, it's one o'clock. Why the hell are you still awake? Go to bed. Or it's Avery getting up, going into our room, because that's what she does sometimes in the middle of the night and asked to be tucked back in because that's what she does. And she wants a song. That's so cute. And so I need to like get out of bed, put her in bed, tuck her in, sing her a song. And then she goes back to bed. What song do you sing? Sorry. <laughs> I, you don't have to answer. No, that. it's fine. I, I chime Kum- in too much. So Kumbaya. You know that song like <laughs> Kumbaya, my lord. So she. This guy's a sing- devout. I, I don't know where it came from. I think maybe Sarah's mom may have sang it to her once. And now it's like the song she needs to be sang before bed. I was going to say, like, I'd be curious. We got to text the guys after this like episode airs. What are the songs you sing to your child? Because I'm sure there has to be a song. Everyone needs oh, yeah. something that they sing to their child to get them comfortable. So, <laughs> I mean, Kumbaya, that is, that's amazing. I would never that's have guessed her that. song now. As a baby, we had a song about her to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. That was all ma- lyrics we made up about Avery. <laughs> it's ABC's Twinkle, Twinkle. It's it's the classics. So anyway, I, I, I catch her as she's about to run into the room and wake up Sarah thinking I'm also in there. And I'm like, Avery, Avery. And she comes out. I tuck her back in, sing her the song, get back to the computer in the, in the living room. I hear the door open again. She comes out again, tuck her back in. I go back to the living room, door opens again. And now I'm getting pissed. Cause I'm like, this, this is annoying. This should not be happening. The frustration has built. Yeah. So, I tuck her back in and I explain to her that she needs to go to bed and she doesn't want to go to bed. She's like, I want to play. And I'm like, it's one o'clock in the morning. You're going to bed. And we have a little back and forth and she is stubborn as hell. And when she isn't tired and doesn't want to go to bed, she ain't going to bed. So I gave up. I shut the door And I start walking down the hallway and she freaks the F out and comes running out of her room screaming. Oh my. And that wakes up Sarah. And this launches us into an hour and a half ordeal from 1 a.m. to probably 2.30 in the morning of us trying to get her to go back to bed and she will not do it. And it was tears. It was screaming her screaming it was her telling us that she doesn't love us anymore it was her telling us that like she doesn't want to be a part of the family it was insanity and at one point towards the end it was probably seems 
it's like something I would do, but it's so early <laughs> to be saying that. Like oh, I think yeah. of all the times I used to be like, I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to dig deeper into that. Um, at one point, probably towards the very end where I was at, I was at the end of my rope. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I screamed at her at the top of my lungs. And Nora's good during all this? Nora is sound asleep. Like (laughs) she's got her sound machine on. So like, and she's just like our angel baby. Like you just put her down in bed and she gathers her like teddy bear and her blanket (laughs) and just like falls right asleep. And she's asleep till 6 a.m., 6.30 in the morning. So she slept through this whole thing. I screamed at Avery and she actually took it better than I thought she would. I think by that point she was starting to get tired out from this whole ordeal. I got back in bed and Sarah and I had a short conversation about the fact that I just lost it. And uh, we decided to make some serious changes to her bedtime routine, which have actually helped. Um, But it was insanity. Took away her mattress. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're sleeping, sleeping in the fucking closet board right now um <laughs> or no, the it was just what's I, I wonder what like the books say there's so many different books or whatever what i say the books but any experts say like when that happens because it's so crazy to me like you know that seems like such a young age to throw a tantrum about yeah. like a articulated tantrum you know oh, from yeah. what you said as opposed to just like crying because, mm-hmm. you know, a baby's crying or something. I, I know mean, she's what, not a baby anymore. Sarah and I have talked about it and, and what we have come to the conclude we've come to the conclusion that's Avery. I mean, we've always known that she's just like a very bright kid, but she's three years old. And the, so sometimes she can like, her brain doesn't shut off. She's always thinking, she's always asking questions and in the middle of the night, she just woke up and she was like ready to go, wanted to ask questions, wanted to play, wanted to do this, wanted to, didn't want to sleep. And like, that was it. She wasn't having it. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Sarah had looked at one of these books recently. And after I screamed at her, she was like, yeah, that isn't in the book. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> so no That's doubt, amazing. like every parent goes through this every kid goes through this in some way shape or form but man that was a that was a freaking tough night i don't think i've ever heard you scream actually and that like eric have we ever heard ryan scream one time oh i've heard him scream i don't remember where or when i can imagine it i mean in like it's not a- that scary <laughs> <laughs> When I threatened to beat up that kid, that's the only time that... Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. New, New Year's Eve, right? At Delaware? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't remember that. Well, yeah, you were probably drunk out of your mind. <laughs> no, no, I do remember it. But yeah, I... It lives in infamy. I, I remember that being like, just... <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve's ex-girlfriend was such a dumb bitch during that moment, too. So I can't even I don't even know why I was so upset that night. And I think we just took our anger out on this random dude who probably shouldn't have been there. But I don't think he was complete douche. You know what I mean? But at the same point, we had all been through our like breaking point. It was like, all right, now get the fuck out of the house. (laughs) I think back on that and I'm like, 
Can we just like rewind for a second? Because I am getting bits. Of, this I'm. Mis- I think it was New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So it was okay, New Year's so Eve. So did Let he? Me- di- yeah. Did he just come into the party? Tell us the situation. Because I am. I know that something happened and we were really upset. And then we gave ourselves kudos for like days afterwards about how we kick somebody out. But All what- right. So we're going. We're in 2021. Let's go back to 2008. I'm pretty sure wow. it was 2008. That is insane. It was 2008 going ago. into 2009. You know what? 2008 going into 2009 because okay. it was our first year in the commons. So it was junior year of college. That would make sense. And yeah. University of Delaware is very well known for having extremely long winter breaks. But we got a place to live in Delaware, even though it's pretty much a dead town and college isn't uh, in, you know, That's going true. on. So we just said, hey, let's have a New Year's Eve party, which is kind of strange that that many random people showed up knowing that it was a time when college was essentially just not happening right now. Obviously, it was a lot of people from Marlton. Like I remember we told we told some people who really took it upon themselves to invite not our friends like friends. <laughs> yes, like Scooch was there, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah he was. Chris po- it was Chris Pallone in the house at one point. He, he might have been. I'm pretty sure. Um, Alyssa was there, but yeah. like I didn't even know Alyssa. And um, for our listeners oh, in Ireland, that's yeah. my wife's best friend. Yeah. Um, so so it's 2008 going into 2009. It's a it's, it's a rager, which is fine. It's college. It's and it's got some random people that we probably wouldn't weren't. And I don't think it was that messy for a rager. No. I think the drama started when, you know, my ex-girlfriend, who was a toxic human being in college, just created drama out of thin air. Honestly, I, I, I believe I was like pouring drinks and she thought I didn't pour enough like vodka in her friend's drink. And she thought I was like being cheap on the vodka I was withholding from her friend. I'm almost I, positive that's how it started. Maybe that's how it started. What I remember is that you had asked her friends to help pay for the alcohol yes and then random kids came yes exactly well the theory was the people that i know hey let's just chip in for alcohol money like i'm not gonna be that douchebag every time someone walks in the door five bucks a cup so that was the theory i look back on it and i'm just like (laughs) we're paying 20 bucks for like two cases of keystone light but so and I just hate the word cheap. When someone calls me cheap, I'm most definitely not cheap. And I'm pretty sure she called me cheap that night. So I lost my shit. So that, that was it. giving yep. rise to the random people and her being like, well, then they should go. And I was like, you want them to go? I'll tell them to go. I was like, whoever didn't pay for alcohol, get the hell out. Well, on and the I, steps. Yes, on the steps, because I was upstairs fighting with her. Mm-hmm. I probably had some tears in my eyes. Who knows? <laughs> a little bit drunk and did i really mean that go ahead you she was calling you cheap yes but then also telling you that you shouldn't have people paying at party at a party that they didn't pay for it then became a principal thing to her well then well fine prove to me you're not cheap kick them out of the party if they didn't pay like that's the toxic personality that this woman (laughs) but that would be cheap you know what I mean? Huh. 
You should call her and tell her that. Yeah, I guess I should have thought about that in the 30 seconds that she said. That <laughs> like someone who's not about. cheap is like, have all my alcohol. It's all for you, everyone. Fuck it. In I a drunk was... state, it probably made a lot of sense. <laughs> You're cheap. Kick everyone out for not paying and get our money. You're so so I found right, the first babe. random kid I could, and he wasn't even a Marlton kid. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he was, you know, you remember Heather? Um, it's a random uh, Heather from University of Delaware. I think she lived near Newark and she had not Heather Baz, the other Heather. The I was like, why girl. are you saying Heather Baz? Like it's no, okay. it's mm-hmm. the other one who. Oh, had, like, yes. OK. Yep. And I, that is. I believe she, it was one of her like friends. So I just remember pointing at him. I was like, I don't even know you get the hell out. And he was like, make me or, so, or something stupid like that. He definitely had sunglasses. That's right. And uh, and then my boy, my best I friend. Blind. My podcast co-host. I remember I was sitting um, in that like dining room area. Probably, I feel like I was sitting on the other side, like close to the wall, not close to the steps. And I saw this happen. I saw you come down the stairs. I saw you freak out a little bit. <laughs> and I saw the kid at the bottom of the steps be like, something like, I'm not leaving. Like, what are you going to do about it? Or something like that. I don't know. Trying to be a and tough guy. I, flew across the room and i'm like nobody talks to my best friend that way (laughs) and i got up on the stairs and and there was a few people there because i feel like that kid had a friend that was sort of holding him back and i definitely think there was people our friends in that area sort of like holding us back and i just fucking let him have it and i said something about his glasses being stupid and get the fuck out of here or get the fuck out of our house i remember i called it our house and i i look back at it and i'm like what if the kid actually tried to fight me like i was just so hopped up on adrenaline and i knew that our friends were there and we exactly. outnumbered them you had so i didn't a lot of like, all this calculation went into my head <laughs> cuz i'm not drunk and what if he did ryan it was the perfect time in our lives to just have a stupid fight it would have went nowhere right. and i'm sure the cops wouldn't have come literally nobody was on campus um it would have been fine we would have uh now i would have grabbed a knife i would have probably <laughs> shivved him but <laughs> no, what you would have done is at one point he would have been tackled to the ground and you would have gotten over top of him and dangled the knife over his head. Like you used to do to Steve back when we would have sleepovers and you I would just that. dangle it over his face. <laughs> You'd stake. We just get on top of him and be like, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I will fucking eat you. <laughs> Oh. We have to bring back the UD stories, man. I, I don't even know how we got back into that conversation. Oh, it was about uh, screaming, screaming. Ryan. Yeah. When but, he's yelled. Yeah. Oh, that just, no cares. No, like, no worries. Not like a week like this. It's, yeah, the best. It's just the same feeling we'd have if we'd win the lottery. <laughs> no we have that feeling every day. There we go. Circle. The world. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question, um, not to change the subject completely, but something that actually just happened about two hours ago. And, I, and we always mention this, the pet peeves that the wife does. Eric, you had actually sent us a picture after last week's podcast. And why don't you explain to our listeners what that picture had? 
it was a freaking napkin in between couch cushions. I couldn't believe it when you actually said it on the podcast. It was a tissue. It was a tissue. But like, so I need to understand, did you like, hey, Dane, did you know there was a tissue in the couch cushion or what? You just threw it out. A normal occurrence. Normal occurrence. Just the way we live around here. (laughs) Yeah, she she just like gets really cold and cuddly on the couch and then like doesn't want to move. Wipes her nose. So it's got boogers on it. (laughs) I mean, I feel like girl boogers are a little bit different than guys. Like if I blow my nose, you better believe you don't want to touch that. (laughs) I do agree with that. It's more like wiping a nose or something. And like, she just kind of keeps it with her. Like, first of all, I'm never carrying a paper product with me on a couch. Like, I don't even like to put it on the coffee table because we have a dog that loves to just grab it and bite it and chew it up just for fun. Like, he doesn't even need it. So, like, if you need a tissue, she's pregnant. She could do whatever she wants. Yeah, right. If you need a tissue, you get up from the couch, you go to the bathroom, blow your nose, throw it in the trash and come back. Like that's normal. Yeah. For you. yeah. Oh yeah. I like, she'll say, I'll get up to go fill water. She'll be like, can you grab me a tissue? And I'm like, that's where it all starts. <laughs> you know, like what? That shouldn't be your Next ask. time when you come back with the tri- tissue, you should come back with trash a can. trash can from the bathroom. <laughs> Just put it down. Blow there. your nose. Thank you. Fun fact, I actually don't ever blow my nose. I know Mallory gets on me for that. That's actually going into the whole pet peeve discussion. She hates that I don't. I I usually just roll it up in a little, uh, you know, pencil type of formation, stick it up, clear out the nostril, and I'm good to go. Fun fact. But you never have that feeling of like it's beyond, like it's like mucus like up in your nose that you need to expel. I pretty much just do a COVID-19 test on my nostril and get it all out. Wow. I, I through my whole life have had terrible allergies and like go through boxes of tissues. Like even when I'm not sick, even when my allergies aren't bad, like on just an average day, I blow my nose 10 times, six, seven, eight times a day. So the thought of like never doing it. Wow. I remember from Europe, uh, like I, I remember vividly waking up to you blowing your nose a lot. Um, I think that's like one of the first things you did in the right. morning. But back to the whole pet peeve discussion. So I guess this doesn't really like correlate to what the tissue is in the cushion, Eric, because I had figured that was something that you had said to her kind of over and over again. Hey, you leave your tissue in your cushion. I guess that's just something. Hey, she does it. I don't really care. Whatever. But something that you repeat to your spouse, just like I'm sure Mallory does to me and, and Sarah does to you, Ryan, Dana does to you, Eric, but they just don't like fix it. And it's like the little things, like something simple as, so Mal's a big, she washes the dishes in the sink. She doesn't like to put it in the dishwasher, which is fine. We only have like eight dinner plates in our entire apartment. So we're going to be doing the dishwasher every three days if we put in the dishwasher she puts it on the dry rack when it's on the dry rack it tends to build up you know before you go to wash the next set of dishes at the next meal dry the dry rack first clear it then wash your dishes so like by dinner time the dry rack if mallory is home which she's home right now is like 
filled to the top. And I'm just, and I, I swear I'm the only one that dries dishes on the dry rack. I know it's like a little thing, but it's just like, why? why? Wait, when you say dry dishes from the dry rack, don't they dry? Like, that's the point of it. You don't have to dry them because they sit there and they dry. I guess you're right. Okay. But clear the dry rack is what I'm right. saying. Sure. But like she just stacks so, it on top. So if anything, you're actually putting wet dishes on the dry dishes. And now we've got a whole bunch of wet dishes here. Okay. So you have dinner. She does dishes. Now there's a bunch of dishes on the drying rack. It's now what the next day they're still sitting there. And I mean, you, we eat every single meal at home. So, okay, like, so these are like the dishes from lunch that are now sitting. like breakfast and breakfast will have two pans, two spatulas, like two dish. My okay. wife will have fruit on the side. So it'll be like four dishes. It'll be insane. What comes from breakfast when lunch comes clear that off. But like, if I didn't clear it, it would be a mountain. And wow. like, it just, it's like one of those things where I'm just like, you know, my wife. She's like the most anal person in the world. Why? Just clear the. That is surprising. We all have our quirks. Yeah, we. Do. I would not. I would clear it once I see like there's nothing. There's nowhere to put anything. So. Just something that bothers me. I don't know why. Have you ever had a conversation about it? Anytime. Many times. Man. How? So if that were to happen tonight, yeah. and you were to bring it up, how would that conversation go? So Mallory and I are very into like pet names when we're at home. So I would probably say something like, looks like daddy's clearing off the dry rack again. So passive aggressive. Love it. Okay. Yeah. And then she'll be like, I cooked dinner or something like that. And I'm just Mm. like, damn, she got me. Um, But I'll I'll never take it to that. Steve, you know, mommy cooked dinner. Yes. But bunny is clearing the drying rack. (laughs) I know. But mama rabbit cooked you some appetizers. (laughs) <laughs> that that could be verbatim a conversation in our house like sometimes i do say Pittsburgh like, is a lonely place if someone were to hear our conversations we just have to entertain ourselves like it's just funny and i'm just like if someone just recorded our conversation in the last like three minutes they would think we're like psychopaths who are like furries or something like we're weird so I, eric has said like bunny and rabbit and this stuff before so is that a thing that you call each other like Little bunny animal is, names. Bunny is uh, definitely. Bun, I'm almost done. Okay. I'm just joking. She's not calling my name. Bun. Oh, I think I just bun. heard. A, what? I'm pretty Mallory sure. Mallory has called what, Steve. <laughs> Mallory has called bunny? Steve Bun plenty of times in front of us. So Steve, yesterday, I had a similar decision point with the situation in our house that I had to decide: Am I going to say something to Sarah? If so, how do I say it to get my point across and not get her to be upset and just have her understand that she did something wrong? So I'm in the bathroom, our master bathroom, and and this is kind of an aside. I find in my own house, because that's where I only am ever now, that I'm sitting down to pee a lot more than I ever have my entire Definitely. life. Oh yeah. Then I can, you know, I can go on my phone. I, it's, it becomes this little retreat. Just in, just in case something pops out, you're prepared. And the other thing is when the kids are home, um, if I'm sitting, I can sort of hide my parts. 
a little bit easier because they come in the door. There is no door there. Essentially. They just come in. Is that so a good anyway. example for the daughters on how to go pee pee on the toilet. I like exactly. it. So I go <laughs> get some toilet paper. Oh, there's none left. Really? Interesting. Interesting. That's shocking. And I know that I wasn't the one that did it. So there was this little part, and I know Sarah's going to listen to this. So I love you, babe. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you my thinking. I literally thought to myself, I hope that there's not toilet paper under the sink, because if there's not toilet paper under the sink, that means that Sarah looked, she didn't see any, and then she went along, went and did her business somewhere else, you know, whatever, forgot about it. And now I have a real excuse to be upset about this, but there was one roll left. So so I was petty. So petty. Oh my gosh. Shut up. You do the same. <laughs> we all do the same. Thing. I just want to know, is this a normal occurrence no, or no, one time? No, I think a normal occurrence might be that someone replaces the toilet paper, but then puts the tube on the counter. And then the tube sits there for a prolonged amount of time in sort of a passive aggressive war of who's going to deal with the tube. That happens more often than, than this. So I came out anyway, I had, I got toilet paper, put it on, come out with the tube and I saw Sarah and I was like, Hey, just so you know, I used up the last toilet. Like I, I used up, there's no more toilet paper under the sink in our room because I had to replace it. Cause you didn't. And anyway, this started quite a conversation between us. Very, of course I pissed her off because I, I couldn't just hold back and replace the toilet paper myself, put more under the sink. I had to say something. See, Sarah is someone as a UD alum, so obviously we've known each other for a while. She's got this like tough exterior to me. Like she could handle, she could roll with the punches. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, everyone's got something that uh, could be their soft spot there. Um, but I, I would just figure, just be like, yeah, I didn't replace it. Who cares? Go get another one. <laughs> it was a fun convo. We're, uh, we've made up though. We're I good. love it. That's what marriage is all about. Picking apart your spouse's faults and reminding them on a daily basis. And uh, aggressively. we'll have to think of more that items that piss us off. Mal, if you listen to this, I love you. She could probably hear me from the other room since we have a very small apartment, actually. Bun, bun, so, bunny. bunny. All right. Good conversation today, boys. Nice and casual. I mean, we're going to be millionaires by the time we record next week. So, <laughs> but now we can afford a better producer. Wow. That's fucked up. This guy fucking produces an episode and then takes care of his crying daughter for an hour and a half. And that's you know, Eric that. sent me a, uh, uh, a Christmas basket to thank me for being a producer. Are you, you know serious? You trying to make me look bad? I had so. free credit from EY. Um, I use mine for Ansu. I use mine for Ansu. Wow. It was a perfect Christmas present. Anyway. (laughs) I sent Ryan a corny, like, here's to make you smile. It was like cookies. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. But it was, I was like, who can I send this to? And I was like, Ryan loves sweets. And he really, you really do put in the time. I know it's fun. 
but like it does make us look and sound good. Yeah, no, that I I agree. I, I really bun. do appreciate my little bunny. And now, Mr. Producer, time to step away from the behind the scenes and time to make your debut in our segment that we started a couple episodes back called Hot Take. I want to talk to you all today about cartoons. As kids, we love them. As a child, you, like me, probably watch shows like Little Bear, The Busy World of Richard Scarry, Franklin, and as the years progressed, moved on to shows like Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Rocco's Modern Life. Maybe as the middle school years waned and your parents weren't yet home from work, you snuck a few episodes of Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy. But one day, undoubtedly, you and the cartoon genre grew apart. Of course, you knew there were shows out there developed for your age group or even older. Maybe you'd even seen a commercial of one while watching football. This year on The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Likely you let out a little chuckle as Homer came down the stairs in a toga, only to have it ripped off by a nail in the wall, leaving him in only his tidy whities in front of Bart's entire sleepover. God forbid a friend would see you smirk. Quick, Ryan, my image-focused brain would say. Throw another Cheeto in your mouth and make a comment about McNabb's impressive escapability. No doubt there was a few times when that kid who managed to squeeze his way into your lunch table at school, but sat down the far end, asked, have any of you seen South Park's latest episode? As you recanted the silly line that included one or two dams and hells, you thought, a cartoon with curse words? But replied, yeah, yeah, but how many times can they really kill Kenny? Come on. And as the years came and went, I, like you, never even considered watching a cartoon. Instead, I was on the edge of my seat watching Meredith Grey remove an explosive from a guy's chest. Watching Letty Mae Thornton get up into corners with her burning sage trying to get the evil out of her house after having been possessed by a demon and now trying to prevent a ghost from haunting her house in Bon Temps, Louisiana, which at the same time was plagued with sex-starved vampires. Now this is television. Enter Big Mouth. Over the past year or two, while scrolling through Netflix, hoping to fill a hole left by a show about dragons and frozen zombies, I would pass over Big Mouth and think to myself, great, another lame adult cartoon clogging up the feed, and instead select a short documentary about Rubik's Cubes. Yeah, this will be a good use of 40 minutes. But one day, having built up the courage to act on my childhood curiosity, I selected Big Mouth and entered the world of Bridgeton Middle School. The pilot episode was entitled Ejaculation, and the show opened with a with several middle school age kids sitting around a darkened classroom watching a sex ed video. A large anatomically correct vagina shown on the screen in front of the classroom. As the show's two protagonists and best friends, Andrew Globerman, voiced by John Mulaney, and Nick Birch, played by Nick Kroll, try to work out the difference between the uterus and vagina, a voice erupts from below Andrew's desk. Just some hormone monster my brain created. If I'm not real, then how come I'm sending blood to your sweet penis right now? 
The sex ed video continues playing, showing a tiny egg on its journey to the uterus. <laughs> the ovaries release the egg, then travel down the fallopian tube. Fallopian, what a savory word. Describes exactly what it is, you know what I mean? Okay, I should tell you, this is school, and we need boundaries. If you want me to go away, you know what you have to do. Jerk off. Jerk off, yeah, 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 exactly. Let's go to the bathroom and climax into that thin toilet paper. Andrew begins to realize he simply has no choice. Wheels up in 30 seconds. Uh, Miss Kazan, can I please go to the bathroom, please? If you don't get out of here right now, we're going to Jackson Pollock all over your pants. Who? He's a famous abstract expressionist. God, oh, oh my I'll God. I'll take notes for you, Andrew. Thanks, Missy. Oh, let's go, let's go. I'm coming, I'm coming. Not yet. That's why we got to get to the bathroom, sweetheart. And so begins the journey that is Big Mouth, a show about middle school friends who find their lives upended by the wonders and horrors of going through puberty. Over the four seasons currently available, we follow 13-year-old prepubescent Nick as he navigates middle school, not yet having experienced the highs and lows of going through puberty. We ride along with Nick's best friend, Andrew, a nerdy, awkward, blossoming teenager who is suffering through puberty and all of its painful and disgusting glory. Now, some of you may say the crude dick jokes, cartoon nudity, an obscene amount of bodily fluids depicted in nearly every episode are too much, too silly, or downright wrong. But those who would say such things are only too lazy to look deeper. Hidden below the over-exaggerated struggles of these teens who are going through changes, as the show's catchy opening tune implies, are discussions about real-life issues including sexual orientation, drug abuse, depression, anxiety, the over-sexualization of women, and racism. In season four, episode five, while having a conversation with a popular black classmate, Missy Foreman Greenwald, an emotional, geeky girl with a white mother and a black father, is forced to reckon with her racial identity and the fact that she, as she says, I'm voiced by a white, white actress who's 37 years old. Or how about in season two, season one, episode two, when Jesse Glazer gets her first period and has to reckon with the realization that the age of puberty has begun and her childhood has officially ended. I could go on and on. The fact is, despite the real serious themes running throughout what is otherwise a downright hilarious show, many among us would still prefer to gawk at the latest murder mystery series involving real families struggling to deal with the loss of real loved ones. Or perhaps you're the type that would rather kill an hour watching the latest reality show depicting privileged 20-somethings thrown together in a mansion, often drunk, raging over the latest petty comment. The fact is 90% of what's out there is crap, or when you really think about it, exploitative. So with that in mind, I want to challenge you all to think outside the box. Put aside your preconceived ideas of what an adult cartoon is or should be, and give Big Mouth a try. I'm not asking you to go back and binge all 24 seasons of South Park. I'm suggesting you allow yourself to be transported back to those awkward middle school years and laugh with Nick and Andrew, because really, you'll be laughing at yourself. Wow. I didn't clock it. I did not clock it, but I think that might be the longest hot take that we're ever going to have. And I love it. It's it's it was just very Ryan. I also want to give the show a shot. 
it reminded me and Eric, I'm kind of, did it remind you of when he was roasting us just went on a tiny bit too long? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that was awesome. I never heard of big mouth. You know what? So it's that, only on YouTube you or no. What'd you just say? Netflix. Is it only on YouTube? I, oh my God. There were so many details. Christ. I probably missed. Um, <laughs> it's a cartoon, right? Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I the what? What? The whole premise was it was a cartoon. So give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said it's a cartoon, right? But you shouldn't ask, right? Oh my god! I just it went on for a little bit, so I wasn't sure. It was like shit. Was he? Did he actually say it was a cartoon or not? Because I'm imagining it as a (laughs) cartoon. I know it was long. I know it was probably about two to three minutes longer than yours because I timed yours. Oh, mine was, I hated mine after listening back. I'm definitely going quick next time. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to add fucking onions on your sandwich? Go fuck yourself. Ew. Um, (laughs) Steve started out with a great one that I think you and I both felt like we needed to live up to. We mimicked that behavior, yeah. But, and I think it was great. I love doing this. Yeah, but um, you know, I hope in the future because the hot take segment can be literally anything. Exactly, and that's what so, it's something you just out. educated me. You educated me, to be honest. And I, I, I actually apologize feel like that I it was saw long. that. I feel like I saw that scene because I remember I like I learned a lot about Big Mouth. It's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I just I'm really loving how Ryan is like. We had to do this to figure it out. And earlier today, we texted and we said to you, it doesn't need to be longer. A big deal. <laughs> well, he said that because he knew. <laughs> but what I'm he- glad I know about it. I just don't think that 90% of it's crap. I'm watching some really good stuff right now. But think about um, things you're not watching. Aren't you? Don't you think you're probably watching one out of every 10 shows? Maybe even less. <sighs> I guess so, but uh, what am I going to dedicate my whole life to TV? No, this is, I think this is my major point. Think about like, we just both watched that murder on Middle, Middle Beach. Beach. Yeah. Middle Beach. This is a show about a woman dying, being killed, and we're sitting there eating that shit up. Sure. We're just like enthralled with it. Now, granted, the son made the show. So, like, it's his mom. I feel like he's got the, the if he wants to do a show about it, great documentary and, and is willing to do that, sure. But, like, we are sitting there a, apart from that family. We don't lose any sleep over that. We don't, we don't give a shit once we turn it okay. off. It was like, oh, yeah. that was entertaining. And so my point is, like, we're willing to watch that. But when a funny ass cartoon that actually has some underlying real themes in it comes by, it's like, that's a cartoon. I'm not spending my time watching that. That that's is a good absurdity. point. That's a that's a really good point. I wish I got that. It was in there. I'm just I'm fucking with. You I know. Right now. I, but murder on Middle Beach was a little bit more because I wasn't eating up the murder. I was eating up the family drama. But which is the same type of thing that he was referring exactly. to. Anyway, boys. Fun episode. Great hot take, Ryan. We need Eric to go back to work and answer some uh, work emails and ping some people and finish his little bottle of wine. 
Love you, boys. Can't wait for episode three of season two. By the way, I, I, I want to throw this out there. If anyone wants us you know, to focus on any specific topics, just you know, slide in our DMs on, on the gram, all right? We'll, we'll knock out some topics. Happy to hear what you guys want to hear about, all right? Love y'all. Bye. Anything to add on that, Eric? Sometimes when I look at you, I'm like, is he writing a work email right now or is he listening? <laughs> I, I am I just... pinging somebody. Oh um, my God. Fucking it's God. crazy. It's a deadline tomorrow, man. You can cut this out.